Hey there, and welcome back again to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Yes, a Stripper Podcast. This is a really, really interesting time that we're living in. I want to be fully transparent with you. Um, You know, that's kind of my style. It's just like telling it how it is, right? Um, But this is such a difficult time. And yesterday, I had a full-on breakdown. Um, I was crying all day. I could not get it together. But I also, um, besides what's happening in the world, I'm like literally dragging my body around on the floor all day, every day, um, because I'm a new amputee. And if you don't know about that, then you can find out more about my journey on at the Queen of Sexy. But I say all of that to say that um, these times are really difficult. And if you're already going through a difficult time on top of that, and it's compounding, to just be really kind to yourself and give yourself breaks and like smoke a bunch of weed because that sure as shit is medicine. Okay. Um, but like, you know, just feel the feelings and just allow yourself to go through it. And something that I did not do yesterday, which I'm really proud of myself is get really angry with myself for being upset and for having feelings. Um, because the work that we're all having to do now, even before all of this happened is it's intense. Like there's a lot of fucked up shit happening in our society. And I've been angry for a long time. And I've been angry since like I was 10 years old when I figured out the church is a scam. Um, at least the Catholic church that I was a part of. So, um, you know, and I just love working with people and seeing other people out on the streets and out, you know, working with the communities to really truly make a difference. And even before you're being told to do so. Um, and, um, and one of those people is on our show today. And this is somebody that I have always looked up to because of the on the ground work that she's been doing here in Los Angeles. Nobody asked her to do it. She does it because it's in her heart and it's what feels right to her. Um, and I'm just so honored and so proud to welcome Onyx Black to the show. Bye, what's up? Hey. <laughs> hey, queen. Hey. It's so good to be here. What a good um, introduction. Damn, you almost brought me in tears. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have a knack for that. <laughs> it's true, though. I've been watching you, and I've wanted to to go to the things and when I when I saw you very active doing the things I was healing from my first amputation and yeah. those types of things were difficult for me to be on my feet for a while um and and you know I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like there wasn't an opportunity that I could have done it I could have you know there there was plenty of opportunity where I could have and I think a lot of people today are really being faced with that with like, oh, I could have and should have done all of these things, and I haven't, and now I'm doing it. And what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I definitely believe in taking care of home before you take care of everybody else. You've got to put on your oxygen mask first before you give somebody else's, right? When you go to the air, the, when you fly on a plane. So the point is, like, 
Yes, I mean, like how you say, don't beat yourself up. It's like the, if you have awareness now and you're doing it now, that's good. You had your own journey and struggle you had to go through. So you have to make sure you're right before you go out and go and make sure everybody else is right. So if your situation is a little bit different than people being apathetic, do you know what I mean? A lot of people don't do or move until something affects them. I unfortunately have like all the isms. I'm like a gay black female, you know what I mean? Like that's pansexual and I, so and a vegan or just whatever you can think of. And like a 40 something year old stripper. Like, so I have all these things and people say all these things and I've always just been a person that don't like unfair shit. I just don't like unfair shit. And even when I was a kid, like things would just make me so angry and being angry is not healthy for you. So what do you do to, to create change? I have the reason why I do work or the reason why I do what the frick I do. I can cuss on here, right? Yeah, of course. But <laughs> the fuck I do is because I'm, it's cathartic for me. I have to do something because I can't just sit here angry. And you know, it's like ignorance is bliss. The more you know, the more you're open to things, the more you're exposed. It's like, I just, it just never sat right with me. Maybe because I'm an empath. I just can't sit and like have a normal day and just go around about my day and just understand like, how fucked up our foreign policy is, our prison industrial complex, uh, things, you know, Black Lives Matter things, and things with women, what's going on with us and our reproductive systems, how they're being taken for hostage and strippers as needing to form a union, you know, on and on and on. There's just so many things. And with this, there's a balance. You can't do everything, right? So right. I try to just affect change a little bit at a time. I do take breaks from time to time. Like when the George Floyd stuff was just happening, I was going through my own shit. So I took four days to just disconnect from everything. Then I got into to action. You have to have times of rest too. But, you know, my biggest thing is most people don't understand what what affects them or what affects the world until it affects them so that's kind of one of the biggest problems yeah definitely and that's probably why everyone's like not been awake until now yeah and i mean the thing about it too is it is kind of trendy now and i don't give a shit just like veganism who cares if it's working you know what i mean it is trendy and it's fine i don't have a problem with that i just hope that the trend can stay the course because you know, with all the political advocacy work you do, the shit does not take a day, it doesn't take a week, uh -huh. it doesn't, doesn't take five years. We have to affect change little by little and keep working. So that's what people need to understand is the yeah. long haul. Yeah, and keep working like, like all day, every day until you put it down for a mental break. Well, it's baby steps. Sometimes yeah. I only do political advocacy once a week. Sometimes I do it three times a week. Sometimes right. <laughs> Okay. You know what I mean? I do it like every day. <laughs> it's really, right. yeah. But, but I mean, sometimes you yeah, I'll sign a petition today and then tomorrow I'll write like two emails and then the next day I'm helping with a fundraiser. Or, you totally. know what I mean? Well, it's all right. Let's break down like the context of you. Um, so you, you've mentioned that you're a stripper. And so let's like, this is Yes, a Stripper podcast. So we really like to make sure <laughs> that you are qualified. <laughs> so let's tell everyone like, you know, your, your main job is, is, is or was stripping before COVID. And um, can you just give us some background on your career, where you dance, how long? Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, my main job <laughs> is a stripper. Um, I work at the Candy Cat now and also a little place in Long Beach. Uh, it's my secret club. I don't like to tell about it. But it's like my little gym, but I love it there. And, um, I used to work before we met at Jumbo's Clown Room 
been dancing for about six years now. I started dancing at 37. Yes. Um, yes. I was an old stripper. I started dancing <laughs> at 37 and I just tried it because I was a broke, actually a science teacher working for a nonprofit and I worked there for 10 years. And as anybody knows in Southern California, we keep track with the educational system here. I hadn't received a raise in that time. And I really needed a change. And I've always loved dance. I was a contemporary modern dance. I did a study ballet, not a ballerina, study ballet. I, was a cap I did Capoeira, West African, belly dance, all different forms of dance. I've uh, danced with different companies around Los Angeles in my 20s, yada, yada, yada. So I was a retired dancer, started pole dancing. This is a long story short, but started pole dancing because I decided to stop doing drugs and alcohol. We've talked about that before. I used to be a crazy partier, crazy, yada, yada. And then, um, and then I just got really good at pole, was always a performer, um, always kind of, you know, the older you get, you get sluttier. You just do. And I started just I, Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yes. you get nicer, like you get hornier. And I just was feeling myself more. My performances started to get more. So I was just like, mm, I still think I look pretty, you know, okay. So I'm going to fucking try it. And I auditioned at Sheeta's first and got it and worked there for two months. Or not two months, two weeks. But it was like, I was a baby stripper and it was when it was like a little bit more, uh, I'll just say escorty and I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> escorty. Tricks, <laughs> turn tricks, who cares? That's your business. It ain't my business. And people like the different variants. They like some girls who are, you know, don't. Some girls who do. Whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not my thing. I don't care. But anyway, like, and so I auditioned to Jumbos and then I worked there for five years. Five years? Five years. That's not, it's kind of a long time. And then the shit changed. I got fired, yada, yada. And then bullshit. The bullshit. Yeah, but I love, actually don't mind working at the Candy Cat. I don't like it as much. I'm not going to lie. And I don't mind working at the place in Long Beach. But I'm officially a real fucking stripper because those places are real strippers. Like, uh, Jumbo's was a little like, I call it like stripper life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that because, like, a lot of people I don't really un think they understand, like, because when I went to Jumbo's and they were all calling themselves strippers, I was laughing in their face. I was like, you are not strippers. I think, you know, but now. Right. And so like, I think because I came from this world of like, I'm rubbing my literal bare vagina on your fucking hard dick. Uh, and I'm doing that to about 20 different men a night. Um, and I'm spreading my legs open so you can see all of my holes that's where I came from right yeah but do you go to jumbos and it's like look at me being cute on stage uh -huh. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah I had a stick up my ass I was I was entitled I was kind of like you know snobby about it back then um and so I saw it differently but as I got more mature right like let's talk about what jumbos is it's stage dancing with a little lap dance booth in the corner used to be yeah it used to be a lap dance booth until <laughs> she took it the away. thing that i used to love about that is you could be super expressive on stage and just like the shit i used to get away with there's no way i could do in other places you know what i mean like Correct. like come in with my big ass afro and shit i can't do that in any other place not the whole other subject but like yeah like I just miss being able to like lay it on the stage and make all this money on the stage. And I still get to do that with shows. Yeah. Like my outlet, but normal day at the other places you already know, it's 
So at Jumbo's, it's, and I'm just clarifying more for the audience. So at Jumbo's, it's like, we're like up and down the pole. We're, we're like doing backflips across the stage. Drop slip, drop slip, handsprings. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about Ophelia, like literally we're doing back handsprings on stage. You're so, like, you all on the stage. You like, you dance your fucking ass off. Right. Like a Saturday night at my one club or some other club. Don't get me wrong. Like there'll be moments where you get to fucking really fuck it up, but it's not as much, and it's more about the tease and the yeah. At Jumbo's, it's every forty-five minutes or less you're fucking up the stage. Um, and then as as a nude or topless stripper, you're you, like you said, you're like kind of s- squirming around and being like very sexual and very. And first of all, you can't leave the goddamn box. That's the line. They got the line. If you topless, you got to dance in the line, and the line is not that big. You know what I mean? You can have your legs out the line, along with the titty, the titties. Like if this was a line, you're the fine. Titties have to be in the line. Is this like got to be in the line? Wait, so, so, hold on, so, because that, the line is in Torrance, and then there's a line in Star Garden in North Hollywood, so, like, depending on what city you're in in California, there's a line on the stage where if you're topless, you can't pass the line, and that's what she's talking yeah. about. Yeah, you have to cover up once you pass the line, so it's like, okay, I want to go pole dance real quick, but they have it at the Handicap, they have them almost everywhere I've danced so far, well, it's not like I've Where there's there. alcohol, though. Yeah, 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 at the top right. of the places. I like the alcohol, though. I like to get my... my I like drink. to drink, too, when I'm getting yeah. naked. Well, it's just well, fun. <laughs> I'm not a drinker, but I like for the customers to drink. They're more like, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, they're yeah, well, like, they definitely spend their money. Yeah. Yeah, they're looser. It's funner. Um, they're yeah, so, but you can, so now you're doing real stripping. Um, real. And I... I went- I went from real stripping for two weeks to stripper life for five years to real stripping for a year. It's been a year and like three months. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so jealous of the real stripping. And, but let's talk about. It's topless. It's topless. That's still real stripping. Too. Yeah, it is. But, it is. But me. let's talk about, so if I had all my feet right now, okay, and I didn't have a million jobs, I would love to go back to stripping. Mm-hmm. It was my favorite, favorite job. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I did it for 18 years. But mm-hmm. I cannot walk into a club, especially in Los Angeles, knowing what they're doing to their workers and be okay with it. Like you said, I can't stand for unfairness. I, it just would eat me up my insides. Mm-hmm. So what, what's, what's going on for you? How do you feel like the climate before COVID, like, let's just pretend like that's not even happening right now, right? Yeah. Um, like, what, what is that, how's that been feeling like for you? Well, I don't, uh, the clubs I work for, it's kind of like a weird balance. Like, they're not completely how they're supposed to be, but they're not completely dicking us and robbing us of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. There's like, kind of like, you always do pretty fucking good. And even if you don't, you don't do anything, you don't give anything. It's just kind of more balanced. I kind of feel like they kind of balance it out more like a waitressing thing, if that makes sense. So it's not like highway robbery, like how some of these clubs you have to literally give like 500 to $800 to work there. And I don't, I'm not going to say no names. I don't work for that club, but like 
So my balance has been okay, but I also need anonymity because I do work in other fields. So that's kind of my situation, which is kind of fucked yeah. because work in other fields like education and things like that. Why my name is Onyx Black and I don't have a real name in anything social media, you will definitely get carved out. So I've even noticed since I had to fill out the application for Jumbos, things have been a little bit harder for me. The application where I didn't even get the job. I don't know if you remember that. Everybody filled out the applications. Uh, vaguely. Vaguely. In December of 2018. We had to fill out so many random forms during that time. Yeah, to apply for the job. But I just noticed as soon as that happened, it got a little more sparse for jobs that are so-called more legit. Because it's still... So-called what? So-called more legit. Legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you think that has something to do with it, that your name is now in some sort of system? I don't know, but it's just different now. Maybe. You never know. Mm. I don't know. But, like, for me, it's been more of a balance. Like, I haven't felt like I've been robbed, but at the same time, I know that there needs, there's going to be and there needs to be a change. And I do see some movement towards it. Towards change. Yes. Yeah, I mean. But yeah. you already know how it is. If this is brand new. You might as well say this is, like, the beginning of the, like, we won't call it civil rights movement, but the stripper union movement. It's the very beginning. Oh, so. it's the beginning of reform. 100%. Yeah. The beginning so. of reform, which is very much needed. I think the thing that frustrates me the most about the stripping industry is that stripping in and of itself and the women who do it, or the people who do it, I should say, are incredible. And it's an inc- it can be an incredible experience. It's the people that are running the show that are fucking it up for literally everyone except for themselves. They're the only ones truly, truly benefiting right now. Yeah. And I mean, that's like a thing that I kind of am getting like, it's interesting with the COVID thing because now, I don't know if we're going to touch on this, but they're not the ones. Like with all the, a lot of us strippers have kind of just been doing it on our own now for the last three months. So that's been very interesting as well. Like how things are completely, people might say like, the fucking, what's the term? Unprecedented times, unprecedented times. We keep fucking saying that. But a lot of that has pressured us to do things in a way that's actually more healthy for us. Yeah, because like we have more time maybe to sit back and think and be angry. What do you think? I mean, it's not necessarily a time of emergency when I ask these motherfucking money. Rent is fucking real. So yeah. in that respect, I'm like, I can't just sit here. Like, I had to create the 420 show, which I know we're probably going to talk about, but I had to create yep. something. I had to, like, make myself, like, viable or ready and able to do stuff with other people. Like, I had to create a studio in my house, or I wouldn't be able to pay rent, because people may talk about this rent moratorium, but we got to pay all that shit back. So that's the reality of things. So it's a survival, for me, it's a survival thing. Like, a lot of things I do out of necessity, like, my political advocacy work. I can't watch shit to be unfair. That's why I even try to help out with soldiers of coal as much as possible. Because yeah. I can't watch shit to, I can't watch it. It's like a need. Like, even with this, like, oh, you know, you're doing so much out there with, like, you know, what's going on to see you in this show, this show. It's like, I have to pay bills. <laughs> I have no other job. There's no other choice. I love performing, but you know what I mean? It's a survival thing. And I'm loving it, but at the same time, it's like I have to have a fire under my ass. Yeah. So that's why I think people are doing it. They have to. Do you know what I mean? Not to say they're not loving it, but it's a need. Yeah. 
um, I, I have been loving dancing online. I love going downstairs in my living room. Um, and you know, this was pre below the knee amputation. Um, and, and when I was done with my shift, you know, I'd be like, okay, oh, yeah, just walk upstairs and lay down in bed, you know? <laughs> There's, there's no, like, I gotta get my car from ballet, and I gotta pack my bag, and I gotta count my money, you know? Yeah, but I do miss the energy of the crowd. That's the one thing. I can so, I miss it so much. Yeah, there's definitely nothing like that, and I miss being in the dressing room with everyone. Yeah. You know? (laughs) There's nothing like it. Well, yeah, I know, like, now that my new place is different, it's not like how Oh also. really? Yeah, it's it's a strip. You know, it's different. It's a strip strip club. <laughs> so it's not like everybody's cool. Or, you know, cool. It's like don't talk to that bitch over there. No eye contact to her. Let me just get my shit. Okay, those two girls be cool. You know, you know. That's a really interesting point, and you know that does kind of that has been some strip club culture that I'm hoping that we can start to change from within, so that because until we unify as a workforce, um, we won't truly be successful. And so, um, you know, I, I've seen that my whole career and, um, and the more. The candy cat's a little cooler though. The candy cat's a little candy cooler, cat. but it's the other place, but the other place there's more money. So it makes sense. I mean, that doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean? People get I hear you. Yeah. It gets it's unfortunate. That's so not my personality. I'm actually nice if people talk to me and be nice to me. Right. Nice to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm the, the reason I bring it up is because I'm, I've been noticing like infighting for a long time with, with each other. And, um, you know, me, I'm like peace and harmony, love and compassion, yeah. forgiveness to all. That's like <laughs> my message. Oh, you made a mistake and you fucked up. It's okay. You can learn from it and we can still be friends. Um, <laughs> that's like my way of operating. Um, but you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. And yes, we do want to talk about your 420 show. You are obsessed with marijuana. And I just love that about you because I'm also obsessed with marijuana. So can we talk about your show and what it means to you? Well, actually, two years ago, I wanted to do a stripper weed show. Um, And I shopped a place. It was a marijuana like lounge place. Beautiful. Had a balcony. All this exciting thing. But they closed down and stole my money. Like, so. (laughs) Sorry. yeah shit happens well I guess they gave us like half of it I don't know they didn't give us all that but the reality was is that like eventually I knew I was going to do it again and like for me because I have a lot of like issues that I don't discuss like health issues blah 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 that I don't really try to wear on my sleeve but marijuana is like my best motherfucking friend first of all I have a hyperactivity and because of pot I was able to actually graduate with honors from high school and college like it helps me to focus it helps me to be smart blah 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 yeah. But it's like saving grace. It's like the opposite of what most people, most people get stupid on it. I get smart on it. Yeah. Um, but like, besides that, it just helps me medicinally a lot. So I just wanted to do, like I said, it, it was like an urgent time. This is an urgent time. I needed work. And I was like, okay, well, I saw Naomi drone and I saw like the dirty day shift. And I was like, I've always wanted to do my weed show that didn't ever happen. And I'm like, 420's coming up. Fuck yeah. And yeah, I've helped other people produce shows. Like I helped produce the twerk cracker, which was this like twerking, like nutcracker version for Christmas. And, cute. 
Yeah, yeah, I did that like two years in a row and like other events for nonprofits and worked in events for nonprofits. And my uh, significant other, he also like uh, has worked in production for years. So I was like, let's just fucking do it. You know, fuck it on Zoom. You know what I mean? I'll just just do it. So I had an idea. We had like a stash box every every month. Like we eat some fucking some fruit every month sexually because, you know. You eat fruit every month sexually? Yes. I don't understand. There's always a fruit eating contest and you got to figure out each month what fruit. (laughs) So we we had banana two times in a row, but like, not two times in a row, but two times, but only because we had like an island vibe show. So it was kind of good. A peach would be good. We're going to do a peach eventually. We did a strawberry. We're going to go down the line. I love this. So each show has like kind of a slight different theme and all we do is smoke weed. We have a 420 break where everybody smokes pot together. And the higher you are, the better it is. People say it's I hear it's funny. I don't know because I'm on this fucking end of it. You know, they're like, how do you know how many funny they are, right? But we had a um, we had an island vibe. So the last show we had a suntan oil contest with people after they pulled and shit, but we smeared oil all over each other and all over ourselves and shit. So that was nice. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just different stuff. We had like a sobriety test to see if you're too high. That was another show, but it's just, just fun. It's just weed, strippers, booty, fun, laugh, yada, yada, yada. That sounds like my favorite time, show. <laughs> we have a different sponsor every time. So we talk about the sponsor, meaning weed sponsor. This time it was a black owned company, which was great, a delivery one. We talk about the weed, talk about how good it is, we get to show it a little bit, et cetera, et cetera. Who was your last sponsor? It was Escape LA. Escape, Escape LA. LA. Uh-huh. I think it's just Escape LA, like, at uh, Instagram. Okay. But they are a delivery company that has really high, 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 high-grade pot, like, the best shit. I mean, like, this shit right here. Nice. <laughs> yeah. They have really good weed, and they deliver all around Los Angeles. Tight. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so you did the show on 420, but are you doing it again? Are you doing repeats? I did it 420. I did it May 20th, I did it June 20th, so every 20th of the month. I'm not going to have a July show because I want to break for a month, but I'm going to have an August 20th show. It's going to be like an old school show, and it's going to be my birthday show. Amazing. Um, yes, I don't know what the sponsor is yet, but we'll know. We'll have fun shit for that show, too. I already have an idea for how I'm going to deck out my place. That's so, so great. Yeah. That's great. So this is like the only like black-owned virtual strip show that we have in Los Angeles, so that's good, too. Yeah. Yeah. I shared that. I, cause I saw so many of you doing shows and I did like a show post where I was like, look at all of these strippers doing it for themselves. We don't need you anymore. And about the pandemic, it's made everybody else kind of all of the people that you said, like, you know, the greedy bugs step back because they have no choice. And then we've stepped to the, to the forefront so with, you know, everything that's going on, there are like silver linings. Definitely. And when things go back to normal, what do you see yourself continuing to do? Oh, that's a good question. I'm kind of an amoeba. <laughs> so we'll see. I don't know. I shape shift depending on the climate. I'm probably going to still work at my places. I actually did work at the Candy Cat one day because they were allowed to be open. Like oh, yeah. one one day last Saturday, and they had it really organized really well for the, like, the COVID thing. They did have it organized well? 
I was very impressed. And I don't know if you know this, but I actually used to be in a microbiologist one day. Times. Okay, so, hold on, hold on. <clears throat> you used to be a microbiologist? Well, when I graduated from college, I graduated with my degree in biological sciences, just biology, and my first jobs were like, like laboratory tech jobs and they have names. So I was a geneticist, a microbiologist, things like that. I was a food quality assurance technician. The shit was really boring and what's even more fucked up, I made more money being a beer tub girl, shoving shots down people dressed half naked. So I'm kind of one of those people that rent is real. So I kind of just, and I needed time to dance. And I needed time to dance. So I was always a dancer. So I was like, oh, I think I'd rather just shove shots down people's throats and dance. I was like, that's way more story. fun than dripping stuff into tubes in a laboratory coat. I'm sorry. <laughs> and cocaine is fun. So, <laughs> oh my God, it's so much fun. So, that was like 23, 24, 20, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're hot, you're young, you're on her most of being half naked in the beach and shit. What can you say? Yes. I mean, why not capitalize off of the system that, uh, you know, put us in the position in the first place and give them a big fuck you they're like look at these girls being like this but you don't be like this it's like well what girls are supposed to be like that <laughs> i'm like i like money and this is fun i went to school <laughs> this is fun exactly like, i like money and this is fun and i'm very smart and this is the smartest thing i can do for myself yeah, right like, I add. like i was good at math so i was i finished up the calculus so i could fucking figure yeah. it out and that really pisses me off too. Like, have you seen like this, the cards and the stuff where like this girl is doing really hard math on the chalkboard and she's like, fuck this, I'll just be a stripper. It's like, you guys don't even know that actually we can do that math. We just think it's boring because we're too smart for it. Yeah, laboratory was just too like, don't get me wrong, but the money was different, but it was just too like enclosed. And too, like I literally sat in like neon lights like all the time. Yeah. Like, much. like fluorescent like the fluorescent length male dominant without me being able to be aggressive like people don't realize that as a stripper i can be my exact fucking badass personality and all of the people who love me are men who love women who i won't say aggressive i'll say assertive they love women who are assertive they love it they love that shit so it's like i don't have to sit there and incorporate and feel like being like over sexualized for no reason i can't even put a price tag on it totally subjected for no fucking reason and just taking it or i can go to where i'm a stripper and be like if you touch my ass get the fuck i can literally literally get you kicked out i can literally set my prices i can literally do you know what i mean i can set the stage for my fucking self and it's not so i actually have power i actually have fucking power and people don't even realize it they don't right. even realize right right yeah, you have power, but we need more, though. <laughs> oh, duh. Always. Women in general. Women in general. Yep. Not enough. Thank you. I'm glad you said all that. That's really important. Thank you. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's Stripper Tips. You know, when you're dancing a lot, some women don't want, tend to change costumes. You may get a little unfresh down there. And some people like it, some people don't. So I heard this stripper tip and I went with it and it works all the time. You gotta put oil on the booty hole, booty crack. Oh, yeah. Coconut oil is the best or olive oil, you know, moisturizing, not like where to get on the pole, but you know, moisturize it all good in the whole area and you stay fresher all night. Okay.
That makes sense because I use coconut oil to like clean my vag in my butthole. Well, there you go. And to heal it. Antibacterial, antiviral. But yeah, you put it on there. And even if you do like a night of dancing, like you have to do a whole bunch of dancing in one costume, you still smell. Or like if you're just like going out for the night dancing with your girlfriends or like, yeah. Yeah. You know what that would work really well with too is something that really pissed me off about living in New York in the summer when it's so hot and you're like going out on dates and you're just like your cracks are sweating. <laughs> you know? So that would be really Swamp good ass. for something like that. Yes. Swamp ass. That's the yeah. name of it. <laughs> That's the <laughs> name of yeah. it. I heard of that tip and I was like, oh my God, like I'm gonna try it. And I was like, oh my god, it's such a good tip. That's my stripper tip. Thank you. That's a great one. Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. First question. Have you ever asked for 20% off at the grocery store during checkout? <laughs> no. Have you ever gotten so wet that you thought you were randomly getting your period and then checked your panties right there on the spot? Yes. <laughs> I'm older, remember? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is the sexiest animal elephant an <laughs> elephant <laughs> they're fat they have a long trunk I don't know <laughs> um, have you ever farted on stage and worried that people that's sitting at the tip rail would get a whiff yes <laughs> what did you do about it loud you dance away shimmy away <laughs> Like, that wasn't me. That was one of you guys. You just shimmy away from it, from the fart cloud? Yeah, so you blame on one of them. Amazing. Well, you passed the test. That wasn't that bad, was it? That was easy. That was pretty easy, right? An elephant. I don't know. I get it. So that was just, like, the first animal that came to your head? I love elephants. They're my favorite. But probably I would say kitty cats, maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Cats are sexy. Yeah. Maybe. A snake is sexy, I guess. Very, very. I just was not expecting elephant, that's for sure. Amazing. Um, Onyx, tell us how we can find more about you and support you and follow you and what you have coming up. Um, okay. Well, I wanted to talk about like my political page that's been shadow banned for a thousand years. Okay. But I have a political page that I started when Trump was in office. I've been doing political work ever since my 20s. Like, I worked for a group called uh, Peace Action West that does foreign policy for like five, six years. I've worked with uh, uh, Black Riders, which was a political group that was very militant against police brutality here in Los Angeles in the early 2000s. But I have a, um, point is I have an Instagram page called um, Artists for the Revolution. It used to be called Dancers for Freedom, but I changed the name. And I do fundraisers through that page yearly uh, or twice a year my last one was i had a telethon through instagram on my birthday and um august of last year uh where we fundraised for a group called calpa to help with you know what's going on with immigration and what's going on with uh, the detainees and the fucking being locked up for no fucking reason and all that bullshit and ice so i did a fundraiser for them and then i just did one with the honest 420 show and the um, artists for the revolution, artists for the revolution, okay, and like artists and just for revolution. Um, but I've fundraised thousands of dollars to like Planned Parenthood, to uh, the ACLU, to Black Lives Matters, 
to uh, reform jails to TGI Justice, with the transgender organization, many different organizations because they're the ones on the ground that does the most work. Yeah. They actually have citizens' lobbies that help to lobby on our behalf. And it's actually easier for me to donate to them or get into action with them because they do mass campaigns. Mm -hmm. so that makes sense instead of just working on my own. That's what I usually do. I just buy in with what everybody else does. How you can find me is either on that page or Onyx Black Dance, or if you want to see my sexy side, Onyx Black Sexy. Another one that's shadow banned. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so shadow banned. I'm shadow banned too, Queen. I know. Yeah. You're not a badass. You're not a shadow banned. Exactly. If you're not getting shadow banned, you're not doing it right. So I'm not doing right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us and for also like your work that you do on a regular basis. It's so, so important. And I just, you've always inspired me and I hope that others are also inspired by you to do the work simply because you just must. Yeah. And you're inspired too, by the way, you've been going through a lot of stuff and you've been very brave and just a fucking superwoman, and you're a badass and you keep doing the work no matter what. So just so you know, I see you too. Thanks, friend. You're welcome. Welcome, friend. All right. Have a good day. And to everyone else out there, please be sure to tune in to Yes and Stripper Podcast next week. See ya. Peace. Questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at yesastripperpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at yesastripperpodcast. And you can catch the show on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere that you can find podcasts. We hope you tune in next week. I've been your host, A.M. Davies. See you soon.